Welcome back, everybody. And I have an amazing guest on today. And I, I, I do have to thank all of you for your support. It's been fantastic. You guys are sharing this. We're blowing up on iTunes. We're trending. I do also need to thank our sponsor, Veracity Networks. They've been fantastic. They're supporting us. Uh, they're actually getting the word out and spreading this. And uh, these stories that have been shared have helped so many people. And today's going to be no different. I am so excited for you guys to meet Jill Nysel. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. This is absolutely a pleasure, pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, I, I want to give you guys a little background on Jill. She's an amazing individual who has been through a lot, uh, an awful lot, and she's going to share that with us today. Uh, she's overcome an addiction. Uh, there was a time in her life where she said she was miserable, and we're going to kind of talk about those things, but now she gives back on a daily basis. She's overcome the addiction. She's doing amazing things. Um, she is the creator of One Good Thing by Jilly. It's a blog that's just amazing. I think it says here she has over 4 million page views a month. Mm -hmm. That's phenomenal. And we were just talking off there that she just, just started it on a whim, wanted to give back, do yeah. something good. And, and this just is proof that if, we, if we're passionate about something and we're trying to help other people, good things happen. Um, she launched the site in 2011 on a simple premise to share one good thing with her readers each day. Millions of people now look to Jilly. Uh, each month for useful tips on living a better life. She's also the author of One Good Life. And is that recently? Is that just come no, out recently? May of 2015. 2015. So. Great. And it's an amazing book. Uh, if you haven't read it or, or know that, uh, please get that. She's been featured, boy, on good, in Good House, Keeping Better Homes and Garden, People.com, BuzzFeed.com, Oprah.com. Uh, you were on the Today Show the Oprah Winfrey Network. I mean, this is amazing. And it goes on and on, guys. I can read this for another 10 minutes, but I'm I'm going to just stop there. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's over there going, wow, you know. But I want I want the our listeners to kind of get an idea of how amazing uh, things are going for you. And I it goes back to what I said earlier, when we help other people and we're passionate about what we do, it, good things happen. And so... So again, welcome and thanks for being Thank on the Bluecast. Absolutely. So why don't you let's give our little listeners a background. Tell us a little bit about growing up and a little bit about your family and, and okay. we'll kind of go from there. Well, I always say that I pretty much had an idyllic childhood. I uh -huh. um, grew up in Southern California. Uh, my parents were great parents. They, my dad was a self-made man. He started an electrical contracting business. Um, after you got married. They're actually from Kanosh and Fillmore, Utah. So okay. two little towns. Yeah, they're small. And then they moved to Southern California after they got married. And it really was an, what I call an idyllic lifestyle. Um, but uh, it was, I think it was masquerading a lot of like insecurities I had. But okay. when I look back, I can't complain really about anything that happened then. Sure. Um, it was kind of, I guess, maybe just small seeds of being sown about my own self-confidence and things like that. Right. So it didn't, when I talk about my um, addiction and stuff, it's very different from most because a lot of times younger people, you know, teenagers, young adults right. are going through it. But I was in my 40s and I, I call myself a late boomer <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> addiction right. because I, you know, so far I had everything that I thought I wanted. You know, I was married, I had four kids, um, but I realized... Um, 
that I had everything I wanted and it was beautiful. Were you close with your parents growing up? Yes. Did you guys have a tight relationship? Which always kind of confuses me because I I have been through rehab. I've heard the stories. I feel like, you know, I just count my blessings because so many people have such rough Rough childhoods. Um, That wasn't the case with me. I guess all of my um, anxieties and self-esteem issues came to a boiling point much later for me after I was married with children. Did you notice growing up that you did struggle with your self-esteem, but you said you kind of not, you yes. kind of buried it or not talked about Very it? Very much. I I definitely, in my um, awkward years, you know, 12, right. 14, 16, struggled with self-esteem issues, but I kind of masqueraded them or overcame them being outgoing. So I was okay. the ASB president of my junior high. Okay. I always got really good grades. I was always really social, but that was another way to just kind of bury yeah, kind of overcompensated right. to kind of bury those things. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you have brothers and sisters? I do. I have two brothers and four sisters. Uh, three sisters, there's four of us. So okay. six all together. Um, I had, they were good examples. Like my two older brothers went to BYU, and then I had a, a Brigham Young University, and then I had a sister that went, but she didn't stay. And I always knew I wanted to go there. And so okay. I made that a goal, and I went there, yeah. and I, I had, you know, a good experience there, and sure. I graduated and got the job that I wanted. So everything was pretty smooth up until it wasn't. <laughs> until it wasn't. Well, and so you, you graduate from college, and then did you were you married at that point, or did you get married after college? Or? After college. I got okay. my first job. I went to um, Brigham Young University and got a degree in broadcast journalism. It's a communications degree. Okay. And I took the path of a big fish in a small pond, and I went for my first job. In Bismarck, North Dakota. <laughs> oh, wow. So imagine, <laughs> yeah. Southern California, this is the day after Christmas that I moved there. Day after <laughs> Christmas, I moved from Southern California to Bismarck, North Dakota. Wow. I got off the plane. My dad took me out on the plane because he was going to buy me a car for my graduation present for college. And it was snowing sideways. Like, I was like, what is going on? It was so windy. You know, there's no right. mountains. It's just wind and snow and cold. <laughs> And they're like, this is a normal day. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, (laughs) what have I done? And I wanted out of there so fast, but I stuck it out and and it worked out. Right. But uh, yeah, I I got my first job in Bismarck, North Dakota, and that's where I met my future husband. Okay. Yeah, so he was was from Fargo, North Dakota, and he was there on his first job as a videographer. So I was a reporter, and he was a videographer. We go out on stories together. It's very romantic. Yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> and we ended up getting married. Um, we both worked in the business. We both moved from North Dakota to Minneapolis, and we both worked at um, KSTP there. Okay. I produced a talk show there. And then we ended up, I dragged him back to California because I was like, oh, I don't <laughs> think I can handle Minnesota. I mean, it's a beautiful state, but sure. the winters are brutal. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of the year, I love it. I love the people there. I love the area. But I dragged him back to California. He started his own video production company, and we started our family. Okay. And we had two children there and two children when after we moved to Heber. Okay. Which is a big part of the story because we wanted to move out of California because it's just so crowded now. I yeah. just... My youngest, no, my oldest, my first child was ready to go into school. I didn't want to put him in school there unless right. it was private, but we can afford that. 
My parents had a cabin in Heber for many years that we had gone to, and we just loved it there. Whenever sure, we went, yeah. we were like, I don't want to go back. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of, yeah, there? took a leap of faith, and we moved up there, and my husband started, you know, he was still doing freelance in California, kind of going back and right. forth. He ended up getting a really good job with the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's a uh, director of photography, and he's worked with them since then. Okay. So I'm moving from Southern California to Heber City. Right. <laughs> and as much as I loved it when I visited there, living there is a little bit of a different story. It's just, it was just such a culture shock. Like, yeah. I will say nothing bad about Heber. It was nothing to do with Heber itself. It was such a shock for just, me. Yeah, it's just different. Right, very yeah. different. There's no, there's no traffic at 11 a.m. Like yeah, in no, LA. no, <laughs> exactly. And there's no freeways. And yeah. I, and that really was hard for me. I yeah. felt like I was being kind of forced into this mold and I felt like people were judging me more and people knew everybody's business more. And my, at my core, I think I'm a rebel, not in the sense that I want to go out and just do everything wrong. I just don't like people to tell me what to do. That sparked the rebel in me. And there's a lot of other extenuating circumstances that, it was like the perfect storm when this all went down because sure. I was um, I was overweight from having babies. I had had postpartum depression anxiety with all four of my children. Okay. We were having financial struggles. Um, my we were having marriage struggles. It was it really was the perfect storm. And so is that where you you described how you said you were miserable? Is yes. this like where I had everything I ever thought I wanted? And I was miserable. And you were miserable. Yeah. Yeah. I think that happens to a lot of people. Like, okay, if I if I get the family, if I get the kids, if I get the job, if we get our home, all these external things, which are good and, and they're necessary, but it doesn't necessarily bring us the happiness that we thought that, that it might, right? Exactly. I hear this a lot. Oh, it's, it is so universal. And yeah. I wish there were a class when I was growing up somewhere that taught <laughs> me, you need to do what you're passionate about. And you can't. You can't just do the things that you think you're going to like and that, you know, society tells you you should do, like getting married, having children, you know. Yeah. I wanted to be a mother. I wanted to sure. raise children and everything, sure. but I lost myself in that process and I did not uh, make myself a priority. Yeah. And that, and pursuing your passion can look like a million things. It can be a career or it can be a hobby or it can be a charity or it could be a million different things, but I wasn't doing any of it. I was just yeah. focusing solely on my family, right. my husband and nothing else. Right. You know, and you know, your, your nephew that we were talking about, Scott Warner, mm -hmm. who I admire a lot, you know, he talks a lot about that passion piece. Absolutely. Like when you're passionate, again, when you're passionate about something, then you can change the world. And I think it is important that we do find what that might be. Yeah. It's important to raise family and kids and all that, but, we also have to have that kind of that drive for something, our why. Absolutely. Know, right? And honestly, I, I feel like that can't be said enough to people. I, I talk about it a lot in presentations. I do find right. ways to find your passion. Because it's not so easy as to just like, okay, I should find my passion because I'm not <laughs> happy. But there's a lot of creative exercises you can do to find it, you know, see what you really are passionate about. And, Luckily, I was able to find mine through starting the blog. I actually started the blog because I had just gotten out of rehab, and I was living that kind of you know one day at a time philosophy. Mm -hmm. 
And so just to kind of help myself along, I was sharing one good thing a day. Yeah. Just to, yeah. and it was just, I love it. that's why it started. And it. it absolutely became my passion. Well, I really want to get into this, but yeah. let's go back okay. just a little bit. Yeah. Because I, so you're, you're, you're kind of in this place and you're, you're feeling like, like you said, miserable, depressed. What led up to when you decided to have a drink? Let's talk about that. So, like I said, I had everything I thought I wanted and I was miserable. So I started looking for new ways to live my life. Um, I knew something wasn't right, but I wasn't smart enough to figure out, you know, the right way (laughs) to do it. I, first of all, I had stayed home for 10 years raising my kids. First thing I did was I looked for a job. Um, We needed me to be working because, you know, financial issues. So I ended up getting a job at, um, a television station in Salt Lake City, Utah, and uh, producing a talk show because I had done that previously in Minnesota. And it kind of got me back into the workforce and different colleagues and in a newsroom and in a um, corporate setting. And so I got, I made new friends and, and television newsrooms are notoriously like a lot of like gypsy type people that move all around the country all the time. They're just like, kind of crazy people and I just wanted something more and so I started um, you know hanging out with them and and just kind of trying to reclaim a piece of me by doing that you know someone had a birthday um so after work they went out to a bar to celebrate and that's literally how it started my like my first drink I'm just I'm gonna try this and see you know if I can and it was fun at first right and you were how old at this point 40 I was yeah I was around 40, because I had my last child at 37, and he okay. was about three at the time. So, yeah, okay. it was right about 40. Yeah, so. And, yeah, it was simply just going out social, you know, no harm, no foul, and being the person that I am, <laughs> the very <laughs> obsessive, addictive personality that I have, um, it just, it took off. Like, a year and a half later, I was... I was at the bottom. I had hit my rock bottom. So obviously you have this drink, you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And then you're probably thinking, okay, I'm going to start doing this. Right. And then it obviously progresses to where you're exactly. drinking every day. I'm oh assuming yeah, for sure. Um, first it was very, you know, just after work and, you know, which is in and of itself, the, from the very beginning, it was so wrong because after that drink, I had to drive home to Huber. So, and yeah. I wasn't drunk, but I didn't know, I didn't know how to handle liquor. I'd never drinking right, in my life. Right. So um, it did not take long before I was I was using it kind of to escape, you know, my life that sure, I wasn't sure. happy with. Plus, it, it got to a point where I started using it to um, deal with my pain because right. it's a very good anesthetizer. Like, you, you're starting to feel something painful. Oh, I'll, I'll just drink and then I won't feel anything. Right. But then, sadly, the pain just comes back so let's go back just a little bit. Did your husband know that you were miserable before you had the drink even because you were struggling? Did he no. know that? Mm-mm. So no. you kind of, you kind of, because I'm kind of getting the feeling you kind of did what you did when you were a little girl where you had these issues, but you just exactly. put on the happy face and everything's that, okay. Those are very true words. And I can tell you're a counselor because you can just see right through me. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in rehab, I had counselors look at me and just say, I'm yeah. like, happy. I was, yeah, I was definitely, he had not, he didn't have a clue. And on top of that, we had the worst communication skills with right. each other. Yeah. It was the big elephant in the corner sure. of the room. Uh-huh. We yeah. didn't address it. And we did, you know, we both graduated in communications and we were the 
worst. It's <laughs> kind of ironic. Right. But no, he didn't have a clue. And, but, you know, he started to clue into um, the fact that I was drinking. You know, that didn't take very long because he's, he used to drink, you know, as a teenager and right. in college. He okay. stopped drinking like when he was like 28 years old. And, um, you know, he knew the signs. And I was just bound and determined to just do things my own way. Yeah. He kind of had to just sit back and, and try and, you know, control the chaos the best he could. Because yeah. I was definitely injecting chaos into my family's life very, very quickly. Yeah. So it obviously got to a point where he realized, okay, you're drinking, or, or did you confess it to him, or did he just see, like, wow. I think he just knew it. Like, he I think knew. he knew yeah. it, and then he did, you know, confront me, and I'm like, you know, it's, it's my business, you know, I'm going to do what I want. And yeah. I was very, like I said, it was very <laughs> late bloomer in that rebellious phase yeah. of my life. But I had, like you said, I had squashed it down for so long. For so long, yeah. And you can't, it's going to come out sometime. Yep. In uh, some way. How did, uh, did your kids know what was going on at this time? Um, I mean, not, obviously the younger ones probably didn't. Yeah, the younger ones not, but the older ones were 14 and 16, roughly around those ages yeah. while I was going through it. And, oh, they knew. And if I have any regret in life, that's my most, that's the one that is hardest for me to get over is how it affected my kids. Mm-hmm. They, I think in the, if I look at the big, big picture, I think there were a lot of blessings that they were able to, you know, realize that tough times happen and you can get yeah. through them and yeah. you shouldn't judge other people for the things they're going through because, exactly. yeah. you know, it could be you. And, but that was very hard and it was hard for me to forgive myself yeah. um, for that, the issues that they had from that and probably still continue to. You know, it's just, it was a hard time. That's a formative time of their, sure. of their, my oldest was very angry. He was very angry, and yeah. before I got help, it was, you know, I would just drink more, you know, then I don't yeah. have to think about it, and it got to be where I was drinking every day, I, and then I started hiding it, even though he knew, like, I was drinking socially, then I started, like, bringing it home and hiding it, and yeah. so he didn't know how much I was drinking, gotcha. and then it just, it soon spiraled out of control. Well, what led up to where you decided... You know, or, or, I mean, did something happen that led you, I need to, I need help? Mm-hmm. What, let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, I got to the point where I was drinking so much that I could get to work the next day and my hands would be shaking. And I, like, oh, I'm okay. trying to, I'm trying to set together a um, demonstration for this talk show that I worked on in the mm-hmm. kitchen. And I couldn't even, like, my hands were shaking so much. I'm like, that can't be good. Mm-hmm. And I was... I was blacking out. Like, I couldn't remember what happened the night before. My kids would say, oh, I told you that. And I'd be like, really? And it was, it was mortifying. Sure. And it all came to a culmination, and I hit what we all call our rock bottom, which mm-hmm. we all do need to. Right. Um, after a lot of other things that I could go on for hours about, but I, it was Thanksgiving. Um, the day before Thanksgiving, my brother had set up a counseling session for me somewhere because he knew you know I was drinking everybody knew at this point because I was a mess and you know he wanted me to get help and so I'm like okay fine I'll do it and then instead of going to the counselor I got drunk of course (laughs) (laughs) so I was in Salt Lake City which is an hour from my home and I called my parents and said I can't find I can't find 
or they probably called me. I wouldn't have called them at this right, point. Right. What are you doing? Where are you? Why aren't you at council? I couldn't find it. And it was that moment when my dad said something to me that is probably the most hurtful thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And he said, that's because you're a drunk. And mm. my heart, of course, broke in two. And then I decided I should probably go drink some more, you know, to, to deal with that pain. Yeah, it hurt. Because it was true. Because it was true. Yeah. And it just, yeah. I, get, I get chills right now just thinking about it because my dad has always been a wonderful, wonderful dad. And mm-hmm. he just reached the end of his rope as well as everybody else in yeah, my life. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to just tell her like I see it. Oh, yeah. and yeah, that, so I'm like, well, if I'm a drunk, I might as well prove it to I'll him. Prove it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll prove it to him. So I think I got like a box of wine and I'm in my car and I'm drinking. I don't think I, you know, I wasn't driving. I was just drinking. And then I thought, well, it's like Thanksgiving Eve. I probably should like maybe head back to to my house. And so I got as far as Park City and I parked in the parking lot of a Holiday Inn, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I'm just, I have to just stay here. I can't go home. You know, I don't know what to do basically. So I sat there in my car and drank. And then by then I blacked out. Like I didn't, I was just sitting in my car. Last I remember I was sitting in my car drinking. And when the next thing I knew, it was like six in the morning. I was sitting on the couch of the Holiday Inn with some strangers coat over me. So I don't remember. I have no recollection how that happened. And that scared me to death because, I mean, as you can imagine, any what happened but luckily there was some good Samaritan who probably saw that I was passed out in my car or something and took me in put me on the couch gave me their coat to this day I don't know who it was really I went up to the counter and I said because I I just woke up I'm sitting in the hallway on the couch I didn't know how I got there it was terrifying and I went up I said I don't know whose coat this is and do you know anything and they didn't know they had no idea I was surprised they had, like, called the police right, on me like, or something. Is, yeah, what doing laying on our couch? Just, I was sitting there yeah. asleep, and um, they didn't know anything, so I gave the coat back to her, got in my car, and drove to Heber, and I spent, this is Thanksgiving Day, I spent the entire day just driving the back roads of Heber, and just drinking from my, I, I Still couldn't go home, it, yeah, I couldn't more. go home, okay. I was lost, I was completely lost, yeah. utterly lost, and... Yeah, I was just drinking, just the back roads, like gravel roads. And finally, some power higher than me drove my car into the direction of my house and got me home safely. I don't know how. It was like 7 at night. My family had no idea where. They didn't know if I was dead or alive. I'd been gone like 24 hours. Yeah, you've been gone with or no more. contact, yeah. right? Yeah, I turned my cell phone off. Yeah. Nothing. And that was it. That was the rock bottom. And the next morning... I got up and there was a piece of paper on the kitchen counter and it had a name, Jeremy, mm-hmm. and it had a phone number. And nobody was else was around. I'm not sure, I can't even remember exactly why, but yeah. I just knew that name and phone number had been left there for me. And so I don't know what made me do it, but I picked up the phone and I called that number. And the person said, this is Jeremy, how can I help you? I said, I need help. I myself I've tried to stop so many times like, yeah. this is the last time yeah I can't keep and I couldn't this. do it yeah. by myself so 
And that happened to be someone at a rehab center that my husband had researched. Gotcha. Found out okay. got the phone number. And that was the beginning. That was the beginning. Wow. Wow. So, um, did so the did you go right into rehab right then, or was it a? It was a like few weeks it, after. No, or? it was within days because within like days. Jeremy okay. said, "I want you here today." Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, "I'm not." That's usually around. what they would say. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> when I got there, my husband drove me, and when I got there, I saw this gate that was closed. I'm like, wait a minute. Because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Yeah. I, just, I just knew there was a Jeremy who was going to help me. And there's a gate that's closed, and you have to, like, they have to let Punch you in. Punch a code yeah. in or whatever, yeah. And I sat there and <laughs> talked with Jeremy, and I said, well, can I do just, like, outpatient? You know, I, I, I can't. I can't do it. I, I have a job. I can't lose my job. And he said, nope, you need inpatient. And I'm like, yeah. I just started bawling. <laughs> I had no idea what was, I was in for. And, sure. And so I think it was within days I was in there. And this was a couple weeks before Christmas. Oh, wow. And so here I have four kids and their mom's in rehab over Christmas. It was really, really difficult. I, I thought I tried not to. I tried everything I could think of to get out of it. But I knew... In my heart, right. parts, I knew I needed the help. You needed the help. Tough Absolutely. time of year because you're usually with family, right, right? right? Holidays and things like that. But uh, I made a new family in yeah. rehab, and we all yeah. and together. I they did let me go for 24 hours on Christmas, and okay. there was a gal with me who didn't have anyone to go to, so she came home. And that was a really memorable Christmas for yeah. us because we helped someone. Um, How was your family reacting to you? Say on this Christmas Day, here you are. You're been in rehab. How did they? How did the kids respond, and how did your husband respond? They, everyone was so relieved to get me, you know, out of their lives. <laughs> I, I honestly <laughs> think they were happy that I was not sure. enough, for sure. Yeah. Now know they know at least where you're at, right. and you're safe. They knew I was safe, yeah. and their life was not chaotic for a little while. You know, like, it was just right. peaceful. The younger ones, it wasn't as much of an issue. They were, like, three and seven, but um, the two older. My daughter was, like, always making excuse not excuse but she's like mom you know she's always made me feel bad she didn't want me to feel bad right right my older son was not the same <laughs> he was mad he was just mad yeah, at me yeah. <laughs> and so we did you know group counseling while okay. i was in rehab and that was really really helpful Good. and i you know it helped him but it took a while it took a while until he was older finally yeah. come full circle he'd been through some trials in his own life he realized that nobody gets through this life without something something going on and right. he was able to look back at what I went through and realize you know we all went through something yeah and so how long did you end up staying in the rehab uh, I said I would stay 30 days I'm, like, I'm not staying a day <laughs> over 30 days and I, I hear that a lot <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do I'm sure you hear that a lot and yeah. oh yeah I meant it and at 30 days they're like no you're not ready yeah. And I've been in there long enough that I was like, I don't think I am ready. Like, I just, right. I felt safe in there, and I was comfortable, and then I ended up staying 78 days. Really? Wow. And I, my graduation day was on my birthday. So now it's my re-birthday. Yeah. My actual birthday, wow. February 20th. So I went in December 5th, left um, February 20th on my birthday, graduated. And I was scared to death. Like, when they told me I was being released, I was like, like I, I went in kicking and screaming, and I yeah. went out kicking and screaming. It's like I was you're taking away this. So yeah. afraid. Yeah, I think that you know, a lot of people go through that when they 
they get comfortable in this place they've been staying and they get all this help and support. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, now it's going to be me. It's on me. Yeah. yeah, it's on me now. And there's a good reason to be scared because it's hard when mm-hmm. you get out. Like, you have to re. I was lucky that I didn't have to, like, get rid of a whole group of people that I hang out with, you know, friends that were bad influences. Right. I didn't even have that, and it was still hard for me. I I used I looked at people I was in rehab with and the situation they were going back to, and I thought, yeah, wow, I don't how are you gonna do that? Yeah, yeah. I'm so grateful for my situation, but yeah. I still stumbled and fell, you know, a handful mm-hmm. of times, and they threatened to bring me back in. Um, I got by not having gone back in by the skin of my teeth, and you know they kept you know hundred meetings in hundred days, so I went to AA for mm-hmm. hundred days, and that was really really important and great right. and helpful. Kept you focused, kept you yep. accountable, kept you where you need to be, yeah. Yep, and so, you know, it was ro- rocky for a year, but then I started getting getting with the program, and then I started the blog, and I... So what, I how did the blog come to, to, I mean, you basically, as soon as you were kind of done with rehab, you came well, up with this idea, Is it, what was it? That goes back to rehab, too, because I received the most important piece I've ever received in my life in rehab, and that was from my counselor who told me, Jill, you need to find your passion, or you're going to end up right back here where you started. And I, that was terrifying to think about. But when I thought about it, I thought, she's right. I need something to be passionate about instead of addiction. You know, right. I took to addiction just like I do with other things. I'm a very um, obsessive person. You know, I really... Right. Once I kind of an all or nothing, right? Exactly. You're all in or you're exactly. not. Exactly. When right. I, I have such an addictive personality, when I hear people say, "You know, I took two pills and I felt really good," and I thought, "Well, ten must be better." That's exactly <laughs> me. Like yeah. it's yeah, I so I, I could see that really happening sure. unless I replaced it with something else. Yeah. And the blog, I didn't know. I didn't say like, "Oh, I found it. This is what I'm going to do. This is going to be my passion." It was more like I was trying to just get through one day at a time. Yeah, you're like, "Oh, I'll try this. It'll be a good way to get my thoughts out." Yep. And. Uh, and it was a perfect kind of transition from the work I'd done before because I was working in TV news. I produced a daily yeah. talk show. Um, so I knew what people might you know, respond to and how Very to... Very good at writing. Yeah, good writing. Mm, yeah. Able to write a good headline. For sure. Um, <laughs> knew, knew what people would be would react to. Right. And uh, so, yeah, that it just... I don't know. It just took off. Like it really, really just took off. I couldn't so believe it. So the name of it, did you have that right in the beginning or did that come later? Or? It was the name that I thought of at one in the morning as I was sitting on my laptop. I'm like, hmm, I'm going to start a blog. And I want it to be once a day because I'm used to TV news. So we, we every day, 24 seven. Yeah. Something new every day. Most right? blogs are like once a week or a couple times a week, right. at least back then. And but I'm like, I'm just do one thing a day. I'm just going to share something, one good thing every day. And then I just added by Jillian. <laughs> it's funny how Jilly came because yeah, I used to go talk. on like oh, um, chat rooms, you know, or yeah. like my son, um, my second son, he has type one diabetes and he got it when he was two. And so I went on line trying to find other parents of children with diabetes. And okay. so I got in this chat room thing with other parents and all the nicknames that were Jill or Jill, Jilly with a Y or anything were taken, and so I, it ended up being Jilly with two E's. Jilly with That's two how it happened because yeah. okay. that was my nickname. I was wondering where that came on from. the internet <laughs> back in the day, and um, That's awesome. and one thing that I often forget about is when I had my second child, my daughter. I that's when I started stay home. 
you know, full time. I was staying home, raising the two kids. But I needed something. Like, right. And so I taught myself HTML because, you know, we were just getting, we were all just getting online. This would have been um, 1991. Okay. And I got, you know, my CompuServe. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I taught myself HTML and I, wow. I made a little web page and. That didn't really last that long, but I had that experience that Which when down later. the line I decided gotcha. to start a blog, I'm like, hey, this might, I could probably do this. And I feel like everything just kind of came together. Like I, the background that I have was really helpful for what I wanted to do. And I'm passionate about creating good content for people that is useful, that will make their lives better, and that they will respond to. So, I love it. Wow, I love it. So, um, and I love how, I mean, you just started off just it was more to kind of help, just help you, Absolutely. really. Yeah. Like, I want to give back. I want to. So how did it, I mean, get to the point where it is now? I mean, it's amazing. I mean, 4 million views yeah. a month. Yeah. That's impressive. I like, honestly, kind of, it just, it really just took off. I, I kind of think, I think people online were kind of hungry for something um, that, could help them help their lives be. I can't. What's the word I'm looking for? They were kind of hankering back to an older time, like their mom made more homemade things at home right. and did more DIY projects at home. And dad, yeah. you know. and I think you know it was kind of the time people were starting to like move to a farm and make their own jam and jelly and honey, you know, things like that. <laughs> so I think people were just kind of drawn to the kind of things that I was posting about, like little. Simple how-tos on how to make things easier in life, like sure. simple recipes. Everything was simple. Like, I, I'm not into, like, fancy, really right. complicated crafts or food or anything. Just simple and, thing yeah, in life. very simple things. Which kind of goes better. back to when you think back when you were married, raising four kids, working, doing all these things, and it seemed very complicated to you. Exactly. Like it was a complicated very situation. So. so it makes sense to me why, why this is so relevant to you now and it's so therapeutic for you is because yes. now you've just simplified look how simple this can be that you that rings so true to me the simple but just simple in all aspects of my life with the blog and with my my spirituality everything mm -hmm. I, I just was so complicated for me before and so hard and now i've just learned to let that go and just i can do what i can do and that's all i can do and yeah. I have to be happy with myself. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, it's all about simple in my book. And that's really the basis of what one good thing is. It's just yeah. one good thing a day. Well, that's what I, you know, I've, I've gone through your website and I've read through things and I've clicked on videos and things like that. And it, that's what came across is just, this is so simple, so clean. Yep. Your website's clean. It's simple. But I think that's the beauty of it. And that's the power of it is because I think people get there and they go, Oh wow! This I can relate exactly. with this. And they, they I, this one they thing can, I can go do that to the today. kitchen right now. Like they could take yeah. ten, 10 steps to their kitchen, and make it right there. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I think that empowers people, makes them feel good about themselves, do yeah. more for themselves. Yeah. And, and really, you know, listeners, I mean, this is no joke. I mean, you you've been featured on some of the biggest platforms out there, and I mean, this is pretty amazing. What what it's how it started. One in the morning, mm -hmm. had this idea. I, I had this old green leather chair that I sat in in our uh -huh. front room, and I was working full time at that time, so oh, okay. I was staying up to like two in the morning every night uh, doing it because it, it was my passion. And 
And soon the idea of turning to alcohol as, you know, it just it went away because I had something else that was right. even better. Yeah. Much better. Sure, <laughs> sure. Well, I'm going to ask you a kind of a loaded question here because I know there's a lot that you learned in, in going through this addiction and overcoming alcohol. What, what do you think is the biggest lesson that you came away with? Whether it was in the rehab or, you know, what, what would that be, do you think? Uh, I think personally mine was that um, I never thought of myself as a judgmental person before I went through what I did. But afterwards, looking back, I probably was like all of us are. You know, we all are judgmental to a certain extent. Now, I I feel like I don't have a judgmental bone in my body. Like if I do, it's a very small one because I just have realized that Everyone goes through something. I, I, I complained to my husband, mine just had to be so obvious. Why did mine have to be so obvious? But in a way, that was a blessing, too, because sure. I got help really quick. You know, it didn't right. go on for years and years and decades. Exactly. Which I hear from people all the time that they suffer. Happened a lot, yeah. So, and I think for me and my family, that was probably a really amazing yeah. lesson for us all to learn. After I re- wrote my book, One Good Life, each of my kids sat down and read it their own, by, on their mm-hmm. own, and my husband. And every single, each one of them, after they read the book, came up to me with tears just streaming down their face. They said, I have no yeah. I had no idea what you'd gone through. And I'm like, I know you didn't. but uh, And so if nobody else but me had bought that book, it would have been worth it just for that. Just <laughs> that for that. moment for my kids yeah. to know that. Well, this is why. This is what led to it. This is how, yeah. everything that went down, and um, wow. so they are the same. They are not judgmental. We are just a loving family. We try to treat everyone mm-hmm. love and kindness, and not. That's judge. amazing. I love what you said there. Like it, it had you just written it for the family, it would have been worth it. I, I say this to my clients all the time. If you want to leave a legacy, you have to write your story down. Even if it is just for your family, Absolutely. you have to you have to own your story because if you don't own your story, it will own you. And Absolutely. I love that what you said. You even if it's just your family that ever yeah. read it, you you're going to leave a legacy that will be there forever. Yes, because it's written. So I, I love that you said. And that. I learned that you know afterwards. I didn't. I wish I'd known in the beginning. I thought, oh, yeah. I'm going to read this book. But <laughs> it, it was just like I yeah. don't care if anyone else and. Also, if it helps one person yeah. who's in the same situation I was, yeah. to know that they're not alone, that would have been worth it also. Because yeah. I literally, you know, I feel like I'm a fairly intelligent person. Like, I graduated from college. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're smart. <laughs> I'm pretty high yeah. IQ, but I thought I was the only one. I literally thought no other mom or wife would ever do such a thing. I felt so alone. Uh-huh. And it was going into rehab, and the first day I saw there were nurses and doctors cowboys and and grandmas and attorneys and florists Mm -hmm. and I was it just blew my mind that I was not the only one I want people that's what I want people to know so outside of the blog which is amazing and I know that's your passion and that what what keeps you going like what do you do in a day what does a day look like for Jill it looks a lot different than it used to. When yeah. I first started, like I said, I was working full time. Right. Every night I was up till two in the morning because I just, I, I just really felt it was a passion. And once it started to take off, um, 
it was even more exciting to me because like a year and a half, I think I'd been doing a year and a half, I was able to quit my full-time job and just focus on the blog. That was so exciting for me because I, like I said, I have a little bit of a rebel in me. I I don't mind working (laughs) hard, but I want to know what that looks like. Like I want to be the person that decides what that looks like. You know, am I working till two in the morning or am I working from nine to five? Am I working from home? Am I working in an office? So I will work hard. I just want to be the one. Besides, yeah, yeah. What that sure. So I was so excited to quit my day job. So to well, it's kind of like all that hard work to paying off. Yes. Like, here's yes. the reward. It's like, kind I of couldn't thing. believe it. And that, yeah. that was quite a while ago. And I was just making enough to cover the salary that I was making, which, you know, was okay. It wasn't great. And now it's gone so far beyond that. I'm just, my mind is blown at how... Success. Like, if you'd have told me 10 years ago that I yeah. would have this website that reaches millions of people, I would have a <laughs> six-figure salary, and the business would be worth over a million. Last year, for the first year, we had over a million in revenue. I just, it just, I have to pinch myself. I'm just, yeah. I want to give you, like, a high five. Like, <laughs> <I know>. it's, <laughs> That's awesome. And it's, I mean, I can't, I'm not a business person. I know I'm not a trained entrepreneur i didn't go to school for business so this is all me wanting to have it more being passionate about it bottom line most important thing and then bringing people on to help me you know make those dreams come true as far as making business plans and things like that because that is not my forte my forte is creative the creative side i need that as much as i need food and water i need to be creative i need to be putting stuff out there and then i've hired what i've been very lucky to hire good people to help, me. To help you out mm-hmm. and so now i have awesome. a team of there's um six of us full-time and so wow. i can awesome. i have a lot more freedom to do things you know like this i can kind yes, of make I, this the big part of my day yeah i'm grateful for that because i'm so <laughs> thankful to have you on today yeah i <laughs> so it's a lot of um reaching out to people you know i just went to chicago last week to the international housewares and got to meet with a bunch of big brands that we hope to work yeah. with i've actually been to that uh as a manufacturer on the manufacturer's rep excuse me oh really um i went there for several years to that show it was that's pretty whoa. remarkable <laughs> it yeah. was remarkable all the big companies are there it was, it's yeah every yeah. company you could think of and all the brand new products that are coming yeah. out it was exciting i had a lot of fun that's doing awesome. insta stories there and yeah I'm just so grateful that I have this platform now that I can just share what I'm, you know, doing and what's, what I'm passionate about. And just, it's just, and I was telling you before we started that on Instagram now, once a week, we share part of my book and it's like, it's, it's, it's section of my book and it's me talking about it too. And I've been absolutely blown out of water of the people that have just said, Thank you so much for being real. I'm so, yeah. you're so brave and courageous to share this. And I needed to hear this. Yeah. And, yeah. and also through the blog, like we get um, comments on my about me page that just will break your heart into like, they are led there by some higher power. Like they're on right. the Googling how to make their own laundry detergent and they get on my about me page and they're like, <laughs> I needed to read this. That has happened over and over and over. Yeah. That's so gratifying. Well, it, it just shows everyone's struggling with something. And they come to your website, your blog, and like, oh, okay, I'm going to learn about this. That's cool. And then they hear your background and what you've been through, and they go, whoa, I yeah. can connect with her. Yeah. Every, every time people fun. have kind of come in that direction, like they didn't know anything about me, they're like, I like you even 
was a horrible person. <laughs> no, I've gotten over that. Right. I think everyone struggles with something. And it's amazing how many people have addiction in their lives. Sure. They're not the addicted one, but someone in their family. Everyone has someone or knows they, someone. Absolutely. Everyone knows someone. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, as you're saying all this out loud and where you've come, where you were and where, you've, where you are now, I, I, you know, I, again, I talk to this a lot with my clients. Life happens for you. All of this, all the, the misery that you went through, it all happened for you. Because had you not gone through all that, Absolutely. you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. You wouldn't be reaching this many millions of people. No, I right? absolutely 100% agree with that. I would not have the success I have today yeah. if I had not do that because I would never have thought to even try for something like that. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I started it not even as a business, not a way to make money. It was just a way to right. pursue a passion. Gotcha. And Bottom line, if you're pursuing your passion, you'll never work another day in your life because it doesn't feel like work. Amen to that. And you will Couldn't not be more. as successful as you could be if it's not something you're passionate about. Couldn't agree more. I love it. You know, if you could give some advice to our listeners, you know, and I got a lot of listeners who are either in addiction, they've been, you know, they've gone through it, or they have someone they know. Um, what advice could you give our listeners who might be struggling? And they're finding themselves kind of lost. What What's some advice that you can give them, Jill? Oh gosh, my biggest piece of advice is trying to find try to find your passion. Try to find something you're passionate about. Okay. Because if you are struggling with addiction, you're going to have to have something to replace that. Otherwise, it's just too easy to go back to it. Yeah. Um, I think we see that a lot with people like take up other addictions after they do. The, yeah, yeah. The yeah. substance abuses. Sure. And so it might as well be a good one. It might as well be something that <laughs> yeah. can make you feel good about yourself, be successful. And help others. And help others. And yeah. that's key. I think the minute I got out, I just knew, just in my heart of hearts, I hadn't even given any thought that I would tell people. Like, I would share the story. Because I, I just knew I needed to. I needed to help others who had ever felt the way I felt. Right. Because people were there for me and helped me through it. And so from day one, on, when I started my blog, I, my About Me page told my story and that has been just so gratifying mm-hmm. i i don't think i'm answering your question but i just i think no, living we, your truth every day it's just like i never Great i back. can't go back to the person i was because that's the person that, you yeah. know began this yeah. downward spiral Love it. um now i just i live my life um knowing that when you do good things that's when you're in the happiest that's what brings the best happiness in life it's not yeah. these other things that right other people try to tend to it and tell you what did. Well, there's a Frenchman named Ferdinand Foch. She says the most powerful weapon on earth is a human soul on fire. Amen. You're on fire, girl. <laughs> I'm serious, you. Jill. Like, I love, I love your passion. I love what you're doing. I've done a lot of research on you over the last several weeks because when I knew you were going to be on the show here, I, and I'm just blown away. Oh, and it, uh, it's so truly an honor you. to have you on here. Um, if people want to reach out to you, who don't know about you. There's a lot to do, obviously, millions, but there's I'm sure there's some listeners that don't know. How what's the best way? How can they get to your blog? Where's how do they do all that? Uh, the blog is one good thing by Jilly.com, or they can type in one good thing.com and it'll take them there too. Okay. All of my social media things are by Jilly. So if you go to Twitter, it's by Jilly. And you spell Jilly. J-I-L-L-E-E. That's important. I'm glad you said that. Um, but Honestly, if you just went to Google, that's what I tell people. If you're just curious, just type in one good thing by Jilly on Google, and 
everything you can. Right. And if they want to, and I, I, I went through your about section on your blog, and I did see a lot of comments, and I was like blown yeah, away. Yeah, thousands and thousands. So. You know, so it sounds like you do go through those. So if someone wants to leave a comment, yes. they can do that there. They can right? email me at jillbyjilly.com. Okay, awesome. Um, they can sign up for our newsletters that come out every day. So we, we post something new seven days a week. And we have a Facebook group. We actually have created a membership group called OGT Plus, which gives cool. you access to a private Facebook group where we can be more... Um, you know, personal. Open. Yeah, get to know each other better. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's been really neat. People that really are passionate about the kinds of things that we do and talk about. Very cool. Talk more with each other and more with me. I do more Facebook Lives with them. That would just be one good thing by Julie slash plus. Very interesting. Love it. Very, very cool. Thank you. Well, I can't thank you enough for being on. Your story is amazing. Uh, The way you live your life is amazing. Like I said, Scott, you know, many, many, over a year ago told me about you. And I was like, Man, I, I want to meet this woman. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad I'm actually sitting here with you. I, I am too. <laughs> I knew it was going to be wonderful. I had no doubt. And just being back in a, in a facility, kind right. of like this, just brings back so many memories. I'm so, yeah. It makes me so grateful for what I have. And yeah. I really appreciate you sharing my story. I hope I hope it helps that one person that needs to hear it. I have no doubt that it will. I'm not, I have no doubt, you know. So, listeners, there you go. Another amazing belief cast. I mean, don't you guys agree? I mean, this is, I pinch myself every day. I get to rub shoulders with such amazing people. Again, I have to thank Veracity Networks for their uh, sponsorship of this. And I want to thank all of you uh, for supporting this amazing cause and getting the word out. Please share this with everyone. Um, we're, like I said, we're trending on iTunes, and it wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for all your help and support. And, Again, Jill. I will definitely share it with my people. Thank you. That'll be amazing. See that? You see, just stuff like that just blows my mind. But uh, guys, tell you, belief dictates behavior. Passion fuels that belief. And I love what uh, Jill said in her advice to all of us. And so let's go find our passion if we don't know it. If you have your passion, keep doing what you're doing and help other people. And uh, once again, thank you for joining us. And Jill, you're amazing. Thanks for being here. Thank you.